Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. Y'all grab, the, the, grab your Bible if you brought a Bible with you. If you didn't, you can grab an electronic device and find it online, or we'll have them on the screens. Two places we're going to start in this morning, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and Ephesians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and Ephesians chapter 5. We'll be in, in verse 18 in, in 1 Thessalonians, verse 20 in Ephesians. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 in the New Living Translation, it says this, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you, who belong to Christ Jesus. I'm not going to ask for a, rate of, for a showing of hands as to who belongs to Christ Jesus, but if you are a believer and you want to know what God's will is for you, be thankful in all circumstances. Verse, uh, verse 20 of chapter 5 in Ephesians says this, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Give thanks for everything. To God the, the Father in the name of Christ Jesus our Lord. Father, would you, would you bless us today with a revelation of your word? Help us, Lord, not just to hear it, not just to understand it, but Lord, to actually put it into practice in our lives. Because otherwise, Lord, we're just going to deceive ourselves into believing that church attendance is going to do anything in our lives. We have to hear, receive, and put into practice what you say. Lord, I pray that you give us the strength and the wisdom and the grace to do that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, there are very few verses in all of the Bible that are so contrary to human nature and yet so critical in developing our spiritual nature than the two that we just read. Very few commands of Scripture that are so easy to understand, so difficult to do, but have such profound, immediate, and long-lasting benefits for us. We are in the middle of, uh, of what many songs try to tell us is the most wonderful time of the year, right? But for many people, it's the opposite of that. The holiday season, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, anything else you might celebrate in there, is, is for many people not the most wonderful time of the year, but the most difficult time of the year. In many cases, it rips the scabs off of wounds that we've spent most of the year trying to either heal or forget and trying to, or trying to cover them up. And it adds additional stress to already stressed relationships or budgets or schedules. And yet in the midst of all that, these two scriptures that we just read and many more that are just like it in the Word of God shine like a beacon of hope on a stormy night. The concept is simple. The results of it are profound. But the application of it 
is uh, something that's going to require determination and spiritual dependence upon the grace of God. So today I want to talk about the healing power of gratitude. The healing power of gratitude. The two verses that we just read uh, provide a roadmap of gratitude for us. They build off of each other. In 1 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul commands us to be thankful in all things. That means in every circumstance of our lives, we have to maintain what we have now made a cliche, an attitude of gratitude, right? You say, well, John, listen, I do pretty well being thankful to God for my many blessings. I have a hard time staying grateful when things are going wrong. So listen, if you are a believer, if you are a true follower of Jesus Christ, you have the Spirit of God living inside of you. You have resurrection power living inside of you. People who don't even know God can be thankful in a season of blessing, but it takes a dependence upon the Holy Spirit to learn how to be thankful even in a season of pain. And yet that's exactly what God is calling us to do. Give thanks in all things. Casting Crowns, a Christian worship band, released a song probably 10 years ago, maybe even more, that has helped millions of people, I'm sure, do exactly what we're talking about. And it says it in a way that puts it way better than any preacher could. It's a song called Praise You in This Storm. And if you don't know it, if you've never heard it, you need to look it up. You need to Google it and read the lyrics and listen to it and let it minister to you because it has helped me through many, many storms that I've faced in my life. So we have to give thanks in all things. And then as if that that weren't difficult enough, in Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, who also wrote 1 Thessalonians, he ups the ante a little bit. He says not only should we give thanks in all things, but we should give thanks for all things. What? Has Paul lost his ever-loving mind? Give thanks. Not only should I thank God and praise God in the midst of the worst moments of my life, but I should also give him praise for the thing that's causing me such pain. I'd say you got a pretty good grasp of the concept because that's exactly what it says. That's exactly what it says. But listen, before you completely shut down and and, and before you gather your belongings and start heading for the exits, let, let me just mention a couple of quick things because that seems so impossible, doesn't it? It just seems so ridiculously above anything that anybody should expect of us. Let me tell you a couple of quick things. The first thing is this. There doesn't appear to be a timeline attached to this command. There doesn't appear to be a timeline. So if you're standing in the ashes of your hopes and your dreams or your relationships or your livelihood or your ministry or whatever it is that has come crashing down around you, don't put pressure on yourself to to make some sort of insincere declaration of gratitude. Because listen, if you, if you can learn anything from the Word of God, you'll find this out real quick. God is not into magic words. He's into hearts. He's into sincerity. 
He's he's into integrity. So don't just go declaring something if if it's not going on in in your heart. So just leave yourself open to the possibility that God is not only a redeemer of lives, but is also a redeemer of situations. Have enough faith to, to believe that he can take the most ridiculously painful situations in your life and bring beauty from the ashes. That he can turn your mourning into dancing. That he can, that he can take your pain and transform it into joy. But listen, it, it's a spiritual discipline that has to be developed. It will not come natural because it's not natural. So give yourself some grace and some space to learn how to put on the mind of Christ in in and about every situation that you face. So that's the first thing I want you to understand about these what feel like impossible commands. Here's the second thing. God isn't really in the business of asking us to do things for no reason. Now, sometimes there's no apparent reason Anybody ever walked through something that you could just couldn't figure it out? She's like, I got no idea what the meaning of this could possibly be. But listen, just like in the military, if there's a command, there's also an objective. There's a reason. There's a reason. There might be a fight, but there's a reason for the fight. So when God tells us to give thanks in all things and even for all things, then you can rest assured that there is an incredible benefit attached to your gratitude. But what is it? What's the benefit of gratitude? And I want you to see it in Luke 17, starting in the 11th verse. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten lepers stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And he looked at them and he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! And he fell at the, uh, to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Now here's what we know. We know that 10 men had leprosy. Leprosy is a very contagious skin infection. They, were called, they cried out from a long distance because they had to stay uh, a long way away from people because it was, so, it was so contagious. So they cried out to Jesus. They obeyed his command to go and show themselves to the priest, which is what the Old Testament said they were supposed to do to be cleansed, and they were healed as they went, as they went along the way. We also know that only one of them came back to Jesus to say thank you. Only one expressed gratitude. Jesus noticed that, commented on the lack of gratitude of the others, but then Jesus granted something to the one that, he, that the other nine did not get. 
If you look at the Greek words in there, there is a difference in what the nine received and in what the one grateful leper received. The translations are different depending on what version of the Bible that you want to read, but there is clearly a difference in their experience. The nine were healed, but the one was made whole. The nine were cleansed, but the one was cured. However you want to phrase it, something happened in the life of the grateful leper that didn't happen to the others. Something different, something deeper happened. That's the benefit that I'm talking about. Jesus doesn't call us to gratitude for nothing. There is a healing power of gratitude. Something about it does a different and deeper work in your life. Gratitude for the believer is not self-help. It's a key to divine help. It's not just the power of positive thinking. It's, a, it's, it's working in the life. It's God actively working in the life of a grateful believer in a way that he simply doesn't or won't or can't in the life of the ungrateful people. You say, now hang on, John. What do you mean? God can't. See, God has standards. He has principles that He holds Himself to that He doesn't violate because He chooses to walk in integrity. And I want to show you one of those principles in, in James chapter 4. As, and this, this one applies to the situation that we're talking about. But He gives us, God gives us more, even more grace to stand against such evil desires. As the Scriptures say, now pay attention to this, God opposes the proud, but He favors the humble. God opposes the proud, but He favors the humble. God absolutely despises pride in all of its forms, and there are a bunch of them. Would you say amen to that? He hates pride. He is diametrically, and listen, actively opposed to it. So a person who's operating in pride has God for an enemy. Listen, God is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's a wonderful friend, but you don't want him as an enemy. Because let me just give you a hint. He always wins. He always wins. So God hates pride and he is actively working against that person. On the other hand, a person who's operating in humility is receiving divine power that can't be unlocked by any human means. He gives grace. He gives divine power to those who are humble. You say, well, John, that's great, but what in the world does that have to do with humility and, and, and with gratitude? Listen, it has everything to do with gratitude and humility because gratitude grows from humility. Gratitude grows from humility. It's a simple fact. A humble person is a grateful person. A humble person is a grateful person. A humble person realizes they don't do anything completely on their own. A humble person recognizes there is no such thing as a self-made man or a self-made woman. A humble person realizes that everything they have belongs to God. A humble person recognizes that every good and perfect gift that we have in our lives comes down from Him. A humble person realizes they don't deserve anything. 
that everything they have is because of God's grace and for His purposes. So in all things and for all things, they can say, like Job, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That kind of gratitude, that kind of attitude only comes from a humble heart that's been given the grace of God. The proud, on the other hand, and there are lots of examples of proud people in our society, the proud make themselves the center of their own universes. They believe life is supposed to be easy and that everything is supposed to work out the way they want it to. The prayers of the proud are self-centered. The lives of the proud are self-absorbed. Their pain is perceived as a personal attack on them by God, by a God who has abandoned them. Their gratitude is shallow and it's short-lived. Soon they turn their attention to what they want next or they start to dwell on what they didn't get or they remember what they lost or they think about what might have been and their gratitude goes right out the window. And it's quickly replaced by complaining and by negativity and by what the Bible calls murmuring. Murmuring. Listen, if you want to do a cool Bible study, an interesting Bible study, find out what murmuring means and look it up. If there is anything that gets on the last nerve of God, it's murmuring. So you need to check it out and see what happened to the people who murmured to and around the Lord. Here's what I want you to do in this moment. Take stock of who you are on the inside. Take stock of your inner person. How easy is it for you to fall into negativity and complaining? How easy is it? See, some people are more naturally positive than other people. That's just a fact. But we can't use that as an excuse to continue to wallow in something that, that God says is a sin and that's not good for us. This is a spiritual principle. Gratitude is rooted in humility. Complaining is rooted in pride. God opposes the proud. He gives grace and power to the humble. Gratitude brings healing. Complaining brings bitterness and resentment. You say, well, John, listen, I'm not a complainer, so I should be good, right? The other nine lepers weren't complainers either. They were just silent. They were just silent. But their silence was deafening in the ears of Jesus. Perhaps they felt like it was only right that Jesus should heal them. Maybe they thought, well, you're the Son of God. You have all power. You should heal me because I need it. Many of us feel entitled to things because of our need. But listen, nobody owes us anything. Especially not God. Everything that we receive from God or from anybody else should be received with humility and with gratitude, not with entitlement and expectation. It doesn't matter if that person has a lot and only gives you a little. They didn't have to give you any of it. 
See, what God is looking for is, is gratitude. And gratitude has to be expressed from our hearts, so it has to be sincere, but with our words. Gratitude is in many ways a tree of life. It continually and constantly, consistently produces good fruit, healing fruit. If you look in in the book of Revelation, there is a tree of life planted by the river of pure water that is for the healing of the nations. And gratitude is a lot like that. And the great news is we get to choose what words we use. We get to choose what comes out our mouths. Look at Proverbs 18, 20 and 21 in in the uh, NIV. It says this, from the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Listen, our tongues fill our bellies. They fill our lives. Are we going to be filled with life? Or are we going to be filled with death? Are we going to eat of the tree of life? Or are we going to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? The fruit we choose, whether it's good or bad, is what's going to fill our lives. Think about it this way. If, if words are seeds, and they are, then what kind of harvest will we reap from complaining? Sowing seeds of complaint. And by contrast, what are we going to reap by sowing seeds of gratitude? Gratitude brings a harvest of life. Complaining brings a harvest of death. And so I I feel like Moses this morning. I'm setting before you death or life. And then like Moses, just in case anybody's struggling, choose life. Choose life. Choose a harvest of contentment and peace and love and joy. You can complain or you can be grateful. You can focus on what you think you deserve or you can appreciate what you have been given. You can try to exert your rights or try to force people to meet your expectations or you can live in the moment and appreciate the gifts that you have been given. So do you want a harvest of healing or a harvest of hurt? Listen, this is not pie in the sky stuff. I haven't been reading like guideposts or anything. This this is spiritual warfare. This is about choosing life instead of death. I have seen people complain and gripe their way into loneliness and depression and eventually into death. And I've seen people live their lives to the fullest right up to the very end. We have a choice. We had Thanksgiving with my dad last night. Are y'all like us? You got like three or four or five Thanksgivings in the past week. That's why we're all so full. That's why we're all so miserable. We've been eating for like 86 hours straight. So, goodness. So we had, we had dinner with him, uh, or whatever we had last night. He's, he is uh, 85, and he has stage 4 prostate cancer. He's uh, metastasized to other areas of his body, and he's been on hospice care since March. Um, but every morning, he gets up, and he says, I feel good. I feel good. 
I'm blessed. And you say, well, that's just silly. That's just ridiculous. There's no, there's no reason in denying reality. Listen, I, I, I don't think he's denying reality. I'd say he's got a firm grasp on reality. It's just that he's focused on a different reality than most of us are. You see, there's a reality that, goes, that is above and goes beyond what we can see with our eyes and measure with our instruments. He's not unaware of what the cancer's doing to his body. Believe me, he's reminded every day. He's not oblivious to what he's lost, the strength and the vitality and the endurance and the mobility. He knows that. He's just simply choosing to be grateful for what he does have. And you know what? He's not losing a single thing by not being angry or bitter or ornery or hard to deal with. He's not missing that. He's not, there's nothing that he would have gained by doing that. He is instead squeezing every moment of life out of whatever time he has left. And he's refusing to spend a single moment wasted on what he wishes were happening instead. And I say more power to you, Pop. Right? More power to you. And may I learn that lesson earlier than he did. Everybody's life has ups and downs. Everybody's life has things that are going on that we wish weren't going on from time to time. The Apostle Paul, who wrote these verses through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is no different. It's not like he was sitting in a castle somewhere with all of his needs met when he wrote these verses. Paul had been through an awful lot in his life. Incredible highs and, and just earth-shattering lows. But I want you to look at what he said in Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 13. Most of the time we only read 13. But you need to see the context of what Paul's talking about. He said, how I praise the Lord that you're concerned about me again. I know you've always been concerned, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need... Now hang on just a second. Do you know anything about the life of Paul? And he said, not that I have ever been in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. How can he say that? For I can do everything or all things through Christ who gives me strength. He said, I have found the secret of living in every situation. And it's divine contentment. It's being grateful when times are good. It's being hopeful when things are bad. Knowing that Jesus is with him through it all. It's, this is not coffee cup Christianity. This is not a motivational cliche that you, that you chant in unison as you go out before the big football game. This is life and death stuff for the Apostle Paul. And he said, no matter what I face, I know I'm going to be okay because Jesus Christ gives me strength. And he said, even if I don't have what I need right now, I'm grateful for the times when I did have it. And I'm hopeful that Jesus is going to provide for me again like He always has. 
But it was his humility that allowed him to look at it this way. He didn't assume life was going to be easy. He didn't just expect everything to go his way all the time. It was enough that Jesus was with him because he knew that he could do all things with Jesus' strength. What an incredible way to live. What an incredible way to live. What an incredible way to look at things. And look at what he said earlier in that book in in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. He said, for me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. Listen, no matter what happened to him, he was going to win. He was going to win. He said, for me to live, if I'm going to live, I'm going to live in Christ. It's in him that I'm going to live and move and have my being. But if he's done with me, it's appointed unto man once to die. And if this is my time, then when I die, it's even better for me because then I'm going to see him face to face. Dude can't lose. No wonder you pop up every day with an attitude like that because you're living in a different reality. You're living with gratitude, knowing that no matter what you face, Jesus is going to be with you, and that's enough. Now listen, I'm not making light of anybody's pain, the road that anybody's on, whatever place you might be in right now. I'm not denying that it's difficult. I'm trying to show you a path of healing, a path to peace. And you can walk What is it Psalm 23 says? You can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and still fear no evil because God's with you. Right? You can have the the, the protection and the comfort of the Good Shepherd no matter what road you're walking on. Now in closing, I want to share with you uh, an extraordinary testimony. Um, Many of you, most of you probably, have heard about the passing of a high school student um, a football player in Carrollton. His name is Chase McDaniel. His parents have always been people of great faith, great grace, just super, super people. Uh, his mom, Kiki, ran a faith-based dance studio in Carrollton, and as far as I know, still does. Uh, our daughter, Morgan, danced for her for, for a little while as well. And they're just incredible people. They lost their 17-year-old son last week to leukemia. And she posted this on social media this week. You know, loss is hard. It's even worse at the holidays because it starts associating and you just get so conflicted. This is what Kiki shared this week on social media. I am thankful. I am thankful for every moment that I've had with Chase. I'm thankful for the 17 years that God allowed me to be his mom and that those years were filled with joy and love. I'm thankful that his life impacted the world around us in ways I could have only dreamed of. I'm thankful for the eternal impact that was made through his life. I'm thankful for all the memories that will live on forever in our hearts and in the hearts of so many others. I'm thankful for my husband and daughters and family and friends. I'm thankful for people near and far who've surrounded our family and loved us and have been the hands and feet of Jesus in in this season of our lives. I am thankful. But there is no doubt that this year has been the hardest year of my life. 
And that statement is true for each person in our family. It's been a year of mountains and valleys and giants and battles and sickness and disease and now sadness and grief. Chase is with Jesus after his battle with cancer, a cancer that wasn't even diagnosed a year ago. His testament of faith, passion for unity, and steadfastness through this entire battle speaks volumes to me even now. I still cannot find answers to many of the questions that plague my mind both day and night. I only know that some things I simply cannot comprehend on this side of heaven. But I know that God is sovereign, and for that, I am thankful. And while I miss every part of Him, His voice, His smell, His smile, His touch, His presence, I take comfort in knowing that He is no longer suffering or in pain, that He is with Jesus, and that I will see Him again. I look forward to the time when God will wipe away every tear and atone for every hurt. And I look forward to a glorious future when sorrow will flee away and everlasting joy will cover us all. So yes, even in the midst of immense pain and the hardest time of our lives, a time filled with grief and sorrow, I will set my heart to be thankful. She could have ranted and raved against a God who doesn't make sense sometimes. She could have complained that 17 years was not enough. She, she and nobody would have faulted her for it. She chose to be thankful. Listen, I know that many, many people are struggling today, struggling this week, struggling this season struggling with loss or grief or unanswered prayers, unanswered questions, struggling with a lack of resources, struggling with a family issue, struggling with any number of things. Listen to the Word of God today. There is healing power in gratitude. Let me challenge you. This is not a Facebook challenge. This is a reality challenge, okay? This needs to happen in real life. Find something every day to be thankful for. You don't have to share it with the world. You just have to share it with God. Find something to be thankful for. And if, it's, if it involves somebody else, somebody in your life, then tell them about it too. Because unexpressed gratitude does nobody any good. Listen, your Christmas budget may not be what you wish it was but you can be thankful that you can do what you can do. Maybe people don't come to see you as much as you wish they were. They don't spend as much time as you wish they would. And you can be upset about that or you can be grateful that they come or call or text at all. You, maybe your health isn't what you wish it was and you can be upset about that. Or you can be grateful for another day on this earth and just keep believing in God for your healing. Your gratitude and God's grace will open a door to a deeper level 
of healing than you ever thought possible. So give thanks in all things until God gives you the strength to be thankful for all things. There's a healing power in gratitude. And let me say this, as I was praying, we're going we're gonna to give the altar call. But as I was praying with people in the altar in the first service, the Lord laid something on my heart and I just want to share it with you. In the 17th chapter of Luke, in that passage, every time I woke up last night, this was, this was what was going on in my brain. What does faith, what part does faith play in gratitude? Because when this leper came back to Jesus, he talked about the gratitude and then he said, you can go your way because your faith has made you whole. But there was a connection between the faith and the gratitude that I just couldn't get. So I was praying for somebody in the altar. When I laid my hands on her shoulder, I heard the Lord say, you don't just get what you pray for. You also get what you praise for. You don't just get what you pray for. You also get what you praise for because there is an element of faith when you express gratitude to God for something that has not yet happened. In the Old Testament, the children of Israel, when they went to literal war, when they went to fight a battle, they put the singers and the musicians out in front, and they were praising God for a victory in a battle they had not yet fought. And we have to do the same thing in our lives sometimes. Sometimes our praise, our worship is gratitude for what God has already blessed us with, and sometimes it is faith, it is warfare to give us the hope and the strength to fight the battle that might be ahead. But we anticipate and appreciate the victory that we know is coming. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.